You're listening to The Good Girl, Free Woman Show, where sensitive women learn to drop the good girl patterns, get off the emotional roller coaster, and find freedom from overwhelmed, people-pleasing, and exhausting relationships. Are you ready to finally feel happy, emotionally healthy, and free in your relationships and career? You are in the right place, my friend. Keep listening. Overfunctioning is when we take on responsibilities, emotions, the well-being, and the needs of those around us, whether they want us to or not. And it's often a way for us to manage our own anxiety or insecurities. That's overfunctioning. So are you overfunctioning in your relationships? That's what today's episode is about. That definition is brought to you straight from google.com, um, the website mywellbeing.com. And I love, love, love that definition because it's spot on. And a lot of times we as overfunctioners don't even know that we're overfunctioning. We just, that's just our default way of being because that's what we learned, you know, growing up. That's just how we operate. So today I'm going to give you some signs that you may be over-functioning in your relationships. This could be with your partner, your family member, your friends, any relationship, okay? And what you need to do instead or what you can do instead. So one of the first signs that you are over-functioning in your relationships is that you're neglecting your own needs. That means you consistently prioritize others needs over your own. And what's this look like tangibly like this or functionally? This looks like if you have plans and then someone calls you and wants you to do something and you drop what you're doing to go and do that thing for them. Or if you have a preference, right? You have a a need preference of the way that you like to do things or what you would rather do on your Saturday or what you would rather, how you would rather um, do your job, like when you're working and then someone else comes along and says something opposite or different than what you, your preferences, you go into, like you kind of fall into them, into their preference and meeting their needs of how they prefer to do things versus holding true to the way that you want to do things or the plans that you had or the needs and feelings that you have. You don't honor them. Instead, you're just like neglecting them. And it's a sly thing that happens often. It's like, you don't even realize you're doing it. You're just like, someone comes along with a different opinion. You're like, okay, yeah. Like you're just overly agreeable just, and in that process, you're avoiding or neglecting your own needs. Okay. And over-functioners, this is a quote from Dr. Harriet Lerner, a renowned psychologist. She says that over-functioners mistakenly believe that by overdoing, they can control the, the she says their partners, but I'm going to say the other person's well-being and happiness. So um, overfunctioning can look like I'm doing this thing because I want them to feel a certain way about me. I want them to be happy with me, um, or just happy in in life. And, and so, because that makes me comfortable and that makes me feel good. And so I'm going to overdo things for them so that hopefully I can get them to feel a certain way. Right. Another sign that you may be overfunctioning in your relationship is that you have difficulty saying no you find it challenging to set boundaries or express your needs and opinions because you're fearful of rejection or conflict. Okay. And I know boundaries is such a vague, it's it's a big, it's not vague, but it's a big statement. And a lot of people don't truly know what that means. Boundaries, we put boundaries in place as an attempt or as it, um, what's a better way to say this? We put boundaries up to protect ourselves. 
and to make sure that our needs are being met. Because a lot of times as um, codependents and people pleasers, we neglect our own needs. And then everyone that comes in our or the other people that come in our life that are, are not necessarily the healthiest neglect our needs as well. And so there's no one honoring our needs and making sure that we're safe because we're not even doing it for ourselves. We're busy doing it for other people. And in that process, that's where we find ourselves taken advantage of, used, hurt, mistreated, when no one else is responsible for acknowledging or addressing and meeting your needs, you are. You are the person who is responsible for knowing what you need and then setting up boundaries around those needs and and needs look like in my relationship, I need healthy and open communication. I need honesty. Um, in my home, I need it to be quiet around dinner time. I need to have, you know, an hour to myself in the morning. Like I need to be respected in the, in conversation. And when it, when I feel like it's unhealthy, I need, I need it to end or I need to walk away. Like needs are, there's a, a bunch, a scale of needs in all the different areas of our life. And it's your responsibility to know what it is that you need. What do you need in order to feel loved? Do you need your partner to show you affection? Do you need them to be, bring, give you gifts? Do you need them to talk to you more? Like what are your needs? And you're responsible for identifying them setting boundaries around them and then communicating them to other people in, in your life that come and go out of your life. So that way you can give them an opportunity to meet some of those needs, not all of them, but some of them. And, but it won't be possible unless you're first meeting them for yourself. I mean, it could be possible, but it's not, not always, right. We're just like kind of throwing spaghetti at a wall. But if you take ownership of the fact that I have these needs and I am responsible for meeting them and then finding healthy and safe people who can also help meet some of those needs, right? That's, that's the goal. Okay. So boundaries are to protect us, to protect our needs and not to change other people. So when we put a boundary in place, it's not to say I'm doing this so that you can, so I can control how you are. Like, no, we can't control how people are we can only set boundaries to protect ourselves and then watch how people respond to that and then make decisions based off of how they respond to it. Right. All right. So the next sign that you may be over-functioning in a relationship. Oh, let me just say this really quick note about boundaries. When we don't have boundaries, we are over-functioning in the sense that we are allowing that other person to take advantage of us and our capacity and what we can give by not setting boundaries, by not saying no, by not standing for what it is that we need and want in the relationship. We're just letting them wreak havoc and do whatever they want and say whatever they want, treat us how they want. And then we say things like, that's just how they are. Or, um, I understand like we excuse away their behavior. We justify their behavior because we would rather do that and endure the pain uh, the, the pain of them hurting us or, or harming us or mistreating us or whatever, but we justify and excuse it away because we'd rather do that than say no, because we were afraid that they might not be in our lives. Like that's that underlying fear of like, they're going to reject me or I'll be alone or this relationship will end. Like it's always some extreme version of that. Right. 
When in reality, we want, when we set boundaries or when we say no and we communicate what it is that we want and need for our life because we love and respect and care for ourselves, we're giving people outside of us the opportunity to meet us where we need them to be, where we are. And if they can't respect that or if they don't agree with it, we don't want those types of people in our lives, right? Why would I want someone in my life that is going to mistreat me and that I have to justify their behavior or excuse their behavior when it's harmful to me, when it's hurtful to me? No, like I want people in my life who treat me in a healthy way, who show me care and love and show that they love and care for me by respecting me as an adult as a a person, a human in their life, like they respect me by honoring my boundaries, not making me wrong for it. Right. So what you need to do instead of saying no is to, uh, instead of allowing people to do whatever they want is to practice saying no. And you start that by, um, because I know it can be very dysregulating when you think of of it in your relationships, most often in our closest relationships is where we find it the most difficult to assert our boundaries but practice in the little things, practice in the small, small moments where there's, it doesn't feel like there's such a big, um, risk to saying no to the small, in the small moments with maybe not, not your high risk relationships. So like maybe people that you're acquaintances with, um, opportunities, things like that, like start saying no in the small moments and just watch your, watch yourself build that muscle up. And then you'll have more and more courage to say no, maybe one time to one of your high stake relationships, which is your closest relationships, right? Hello, my sweet soul. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that I have an option for you to ask me any question that you have. As a trained trauma-informed coach, I love giving you guys advice based on your current situation. So if there's a topic you want covered on the podcast, or if you just have a question, something you're struggling with in your life that you want me to help you through, or you're listening to the podcast and you're just like, you know what? I have questions about this. Like I need to hear more about this. Click the link in the show notes and leave me a voice note with a question and I will answer it on the podcast. These voice notes are a hundred percent anonymous. I have no idea who's leaving them and I have no, no way of contacting you in return. So just trust that you will be anonymous. Leave me a message, ask me anything. All right, back to the episode. Okay, so moving on. Another sign that you may be overfunctioning is that you assume responsibility for your partner, your family, your, you know, insert the relationship for their emotions. And you may feel responsible for their happiness or their emotional state and believe that it's your job to fix their problems. Okay. And what does this look like in, in real life, right? So this looks like if they are unhappy or they're in any type of emotional discomfort, you feel this guilt or this pull or obligation, um, gnawing at you. Like I need to do something. And you may not even be aware that you feel that you just notice that you like, just notice when I'm saying this, how you respond when someone's in emotional discomfort, do you jump up and try to bring a, a, a list of solutions? Do you try to help them problem solve? Is it, are you like, what's wrong? Are you okay? How are you feeling? What can I do? Um, what do you need? Um, what is it? And 
like try to talk them through the problem, try to make the environment comfortable for them, try to give them advice, right? Are you doing those things? Are you jumping in trying to save and fix them, trying to help them find a solution? I used to actually gloat in this. I used to say, I'm a fixer. Like I'm a, or not a fixer. I used to say, I'm a problem solver. Like I solve problems. Whenever there's a problem, bring it to me and I'm going to make sure there's a solution, which is part of my personality. But at the extreme end of the scale, it's unhealthy because when it's attached to this belief that you have to fix people or that you're responsible for their emotions. And so then you are then burdened by it because you're, you step outside of whatever state you're in and you jump in the bubble, their emotional state bubble, and you're in there with them trying to fix it. And it's like, my life depends on this kind of feeling, right? Like I need to fix them. I need to help them. And that's, that's a codependent right there. <laughs> that's someone who is codependent. Dr. Melody Beatty says that uh, codependents may have spent years believing that someone else's needs, wants, and feelings are more important than their own. And that is exemplified when you are okay and you're not in discomfort, emotional discomfort, but someone in your life comes into the room or they're in the room with you and all of a sudden they're emotionally in emotional discomfort and then you become just uncomfortable as well. Like you take on their feelings, their emotions, and then you begin to do your job, Mr. Fix-It, right? What you have to do instead, instead of assuming responsibility for your partner or your family member or your friend's emotions is to just slow down and stop yourself and allow yourself to just sit in that discomfort. Like you just notice their emotional discomfort and notice how you're, you're feeling inside, like you're responding to their emotional discomfort and that's it. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't even move. Just notice. And then let yourself know, like, like acknowledge those parts that are showing up that want to fix. Like, I see you, I see that you want to jump in and, and help this person right now, but you know what? They're a grown person. They can do it on their own. It's different when it's our children. We're here to help teach our children how to navigate their emotional discomfort, how to regulate themselves and how to communicate their needs and process their emotions when they're in discomfort. But even then we, we should allow our children, or I'm not going to say, tell you what you should do, but I allow my um, kids to sit in their discomfort sometimes because it's like, they need to express those feelings or I'll, I'll teach them, tell them how to express it, like healthy ways they can do that. But we have to be able to allow ourselves to sit in emotional discomfort because freedom is found in emotional discomfort. Answers are found there. If we're constantly trying to fix and strive and move quickly past the discomfort, we, if we're not careful, we miss the lesson. Our discomfort is there as a messenger to communicate something to us. And we have to give it space to communicate, give it space to deliver that message and trying to come up with a solution right on the spot because we're uncomfortable with it. We're not allowing ourselves to fully experience the pain and discomfort of what is like, what is making me just uncomfortable? And what about this situation? I need to get curious around it because there is a lesson here that I need to learn. And we can't do that if we're constantly trying to get away from the lesson. We're trying to get away from the discomfort because this, this anxiety, this sadness, this anger is too uncomfortable for me. I do not like it. So I'm going to try everything I can to get out of it. And I'm going to try to 
uh, help anyone around me who's in discomfort get out of it as well. So what you need to do instead is just to sit, just chill out, slow down and sit there and notice. Okay. And this is not to shame you. I do this too. I am the ultimate fixer, but just take a deep breath and notice, notice how you want to respond. Notice how you're responding and just allow yourself to sit in that discomfort. Another, uh, I've talked about this before, but another way to help you to do this, to practice this in real time is to imagine that the person around you who is in discomfort is in a bubble and all of their emotions are in that bubble with them. And you're in your own bubble. Don't go over there trying to pop their bubble or jump in their bubble or hold their bubble, stay in your bubble and just notice the distance between your bubble and theirs. They are their own individual person and you are your own individual person. It is not your job to jump in and help them through whatever they're going through, unless they ask you a question or whatever, and you know, you can answer it, but it's not your job to fix every uncomfortable emotion that someone is experiencing. Allow them to feel and to experience it, how they experience it. All right. The, another sign <clears throat> that you may be over-functioning in your relationships is that you constantly feel, or you are feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. And you know why? It's because there is a constant pressure of taking when, like when you have that constant pressure of taking care of everything in the relationship, like all the tasks or responsibilities that your partner or the person you're in relationship with is responsible for. If you're taking that stuff on, of course, you're going to be drained and overwhelmed, right? Excuse me. In relationships, we each have our own obligation to show up in a relationship, right? Like I call you, you call me. I talk to you, you talk to me. I like, let's say specifically in a partnership, in a, in a marriage, I cook, you clean. I wash the laundry, you fold it. Like things like that, right? So an over-functioner is going to have most of the responsibility and the other person in the relationship has little to almost none, right? And so there needs to be a leveling out, not saying that everything needs to be split 50-50 down the middle because I don't believe that everything is always going to be 100% equal. But I do believe that there needs to be like, you should not be feeling overwhelmed and exhausted while your partner's playing the video game and happy all the time. That's a, that's a sign that you may be over-functioning and you have to communicate that. You know, I talked about that a little bit earlier. You need to communicate what you need. First, you need to notice I'm overwhelmed and exhausted. Why am I overwhelmed and exhausted? Oh, I have all this time. I used to have lists and lists of things to do while the other person, you know, my partner didn't. And I, I would be exhausted, overwhelmed and bitter and resentful. And it's like, I got to the point where I was like, wait, hold up, wake up, <laughs> wake up. Just, you know, like you don't have to do all of this. First of all, your kids need some responsibility here. Second of all, your husband needs some responsibility here. Like you do not need to carry the load of everything. I know, um, in the culture American society, the picture of a woman has always been she does everything. She bears the children. She cleans the house. She takes care of everything, the kids, the sports, the blah, blah, blah. Like the list goes on and on. And I feel like it's this now it's like this fighting the women are doing for not even equality, but some type of balance, some type of 
harmony because women and men work, right? If we're not living back in the society when they first develop these um, rules and ways of being. And um, you just have to, you have to gauge for your own relationships what over-functioning is. And a sign is that you're overwhelmed and exhausted. Okay. So if you're overwhelmed and exhausted, get curious around that. I invite you to. Instead of constantly feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and trying to numb out and all the things, sit in that overwhelm and exhaustion and get curious around it. Okay. Get curious. Why, why am I overwhelmed? What on my list of things to do can be delegated, can be shared, right? What can be shared? What responsibilities can I offload? What responsibilities should or do I feel like this person in my relationship can take on and help me with, right? Where do I need help? Where can I bring in help here? Where can I tap into my community, right? Okay, another sign that you may be over-functioning in your relationships is, <coughs> excuse me, you're enabling destructive behavior. So there's unhealthy habits, addictive behaviors, um, harmful behaviors. So like what someone else is doing to you and your relationship, your friendship, your family, or your spouse, they're hurting you. They're causing you harm. They're disrespecting you, whatever it is. And you find yourself like, yes, we want to forgive, but you find yourself constantly doing this. And it's, you notice a pattern of their behavior, but you aren't addressing it head on, like and holding them accountable. Instead, you're just like, oh, I forgive them. That's just how they are. And you just keep, they keep doing the same thing to you. Like it's destructive behavior, but you keep allowing it. They keep telling you off and you keep allowing it. You keep, you, well, and I say keep allowing it by like, there's not really a conversation of, of accountability and ownership on that person's end. They just, they may say sorry. And then they go and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. And you're just like, oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. And you're giving them all the access to you. And the access to you never changes. Well, what you need to do instead of enabling destructive behaviors, you need to set boundaries. You need to accept that the way that this person is treating you, like what the impact is on you, and this, this is showing you a sign that they are treating you in this way. You get to make your um, decision of how, who they're being in your life based on how they're treating you. Like we watch how people treat us and then we make decisions based on that. So if someone keeps harming you, you have to take ownership and say and accept this is how they're treating me and this is hurtful. This is hurting me and I am not comfortable with this. I do not like this. And I'm going to set a boundary around this. The next time you speak to me that way, I will not be talking to you anymore. Or maybe you need to cut the relationship off altogether. I need you, I need to see change because you've mistreated me for so long. So this is the change that I need to see. These are the patterns of behavior that you're showing me and I'm not okay with these patterns of behavior, you have to be willing, listen to me, you have to be willing to lose any relationship that you have in order to love yourself first. Okay, let me say this a different way. In every relationship, you have to be willing to lose it in order to protect you. Because if not, you are going to live in fear of losing the relationship and allowing them to hurt you. When people are mistreating us and they're showing harmful behavior, 
And we are so afraid of losing them that we allow it, we enable it, we are betraying ourselves. We are neglecting ourselves. We are hurting ourselves. At that point, we can say we are the ones responsible for the hurtful behavior that's happening to us. Because after we see it and see it and see it, we have an obligation and a responsibility to stand up, to put a boundary up, to um, cut the relationship off, to make them, hold them accountable for their actions. And I'm not talking about physically abusive relationships. I'm talking about emotionally, okay? Or emotionally unhealthy relationships or when someone's mistreating us and harming us. If you are someone who is in a physically abusive relationship, reach out to your local. I know there's local domestic violence. Um, you can Google it for your local area hotlines and things like that, that you can reach out to to help you. That's not what this podcast is for. Okay. But just notice how you enable or where you enable, if you are other people to continue to hurt you, to harm you, to mistreat you with the same behavior patterns over and over and over and over again. And just notice that instead, what you need to do instead of that is one, notice it. And then two, get clear on your boundaries. You need to be safe. First of all, make sure you're in a safe environment to do so. And then you need to draw the clear line around you, a circle, like a, imagine a bubble, like you're drawing a line around you of what you will and will not accept. And then hold those people accountable to that. All right. That is all I have for you today. These are the signs that you may be over-functioning in your relationships. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love it if you left a review. Reviews let me know if it's helping you. And it also helps other people to find it because they will rank you more um, on Apple and uh, Spotify. And so please leave a review with your honest opinion. And hopefully that honest opinion is a five-star. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Leave a review and then take a screenshot and share it if, if uh, on your Instagram stories and tag me if this episode, um, if you enjoyed it. Okay. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.